Hey, I'm Alex Kazam. You've made it to my podcast where I talk about doing it with people that have done it. So let's go get out of your head. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back to another episode of Get Out of Your Head. I'm joined today by a pretty exciting guest. I'm nervous as all hell, but I'm joined today by Mr. Craig Schmay. Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm so excited to be here, Alex. Thank you. It's awesome, man. Craig, I'm just going to ask you the question I ask all my guests. Can you start me off, start us off with a funny story? Oh, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you'll find it funny, but uh, there was a time uh, that um, I like, and, and throughout this podcast, you might learn some different things. I like to work with people and see how far I can push people to get what I need um, and, and not hurting anybody, but just to benefit us. For example, we were at Disney uh, World at one point and we were sneaking into, not sneaking in, we were into Epcot Center. We were already there, uh, supposed to be there, and uh, we were there for another event. And I was wearing, was like a security-ish shirt, but it just said security. It wasn't a Disneyland and nothing or Disney World, anything. And I had a walkie-talkie clip to it. Now, in my mind, I looked like an official. To anybody else, I may have looked like a tourist with the shirt that had a dorky security symbol on it. But here's what happens. We're with a couple of NHL stars. They were uh, retired NHL stars and a group. So I decided we don't have a lot of time. We need to get these guys on the ride because primarily we just wanted to ride them. So uh, we got up to this uh, this one ride, which was Mission to Mars. It was like the best ride at the time. This is a few years back. And so we go to uh, walk up to the gate, and the power of the radio is pretty intense. So um, I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm uh, I'm right here at Mission to Mars. Uh, hold off on bringing up the, uh, the VIPs right now, uh, just so you know. Hey, man, how's it going? Listen, I got the VIPs from the NHL. We are, we're just looking to bring them in. He goes, yeah, well, you're going to have to go through the line here. I said, yeah, well, I, I understand, you know, that everybody goes through the line, but I've got the VIPs, you know, with the NHL and National Hockey League, they're just down here for a couple of days. I've only got a short time. We're supposed to be getting them on this ride. Yeah, dude, just, just bring them into uh, the, the line right here. They're going to have to wait. It's uh, about 90 minutes. Yeah, I'm not that sure that's going to fly. What's your name? He shows me his badge. It's all, it's all smiles because it's Disney World. Lewis. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, uh. Craig to uh, to Pete, uh, just, you know, I'm here with Lewis down at, uh, you know, I'm pretending like I don't know where I am. You, you just, you just add it up. Uh, mission, mission, mission to Mars, uh, mission, mission space. Yeah. And uh, we're just trying to figure out exactly how to get the guys on there. Apparently Lewis says they're supposed to go in the main entrance, but we were told VIP. Yeah. And so, and then he comes back on the radio again, this guy on the radio is about 30 feet away. <laughs> with all the guys from the NHL just sitting on a bench waiting to see if I can pull this off. They're just eating and hot so, dogs in the park. That's it. Exactly. There's, there's nothing more going on. So I'm like, um, so he comes back on the radio. Yeah, well, tell Lewis that, um, uh, yeah, the guys are supposed to get in there. We They've been cleared already through uh, Disney World. Tell them to send them through either the VIP entrance or the handicap entrance. So then I'm like, uh, Lewis... I'm in the middle here. I have no idea. They're telling me on the radio we're supposed to be going here. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, you guys can go right around to the entrance. Just tell them that we already talked to – my name is Lewis. Tell them to already talk to us, and they'll get you right on. You guys should be on in about five minutes. I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Don't let it happen again, but it's all right. Thanks for your help. And <laughs> bam, 
in five minutes, we were on the coolest ride in Epcot Center at the time. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for that. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. Craig, I, I wanted to have you on. I, I am, you know, one of, one of Danny, Danny Z is one of my oldest and, and closest friends from the magic and entrepreneur community. And he spoke so highly of you both on and off the mic. Craig, can Ooh. you, <laughs> Danny, Danny Z, little, little guy from Canada. Um, oh, the guy, the, oh, the magic guy. The magic guy. Is he still doing that? Oh, man. <laughs> He's got everyone fooled, thinking he's a good magician. Oh man, yeah, he's yeah, he's a brilliant carpenter, but his magic sucks. Yeah, I know magic. <laughs> <laughs> now Dan is uh, one of my 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 closest friends. Uh, so proud to to stand in his wedding recently. It's just he, he's an amazing amazing person, extremely talented, uh, horrible magician. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll fix him up though. Don't worry, I'll, I'll send him to magic camp. And uh, Hogwarts or something, man. Craig, walk me through the first 60 minutes of a perfectly productive day. Uh, 60 minutes. Um, So, you know, for me, my day could start perfectly productive uh, right when I wake up. Um, You know, I I like to wake up and be in gratitude uh, and be grateful for what I have. I like to be grateful for the fact that I am able to breathe, able to get out of bed, able to care for my children, uh, able to be a, a great father. So I, I like to give great, uh, give gratitude for that. Uh, I like to, uh, do blessings and prayers and, 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 you know, just be kind of in, in tune with myself. And then I like to take a few minutes for myself. So, um, some days it's, uh, a little bit of meditation, uh, very short. Uh, I don't have a long mindset for that. Or some days it could be yoga. Most of the time, it's traditional working out. So I will give myself uh, 20, 30 minutes uh, to work out and do what I need to do. Um, and then I jump into the role of, you know, quick shower because, you know, it's there's no point in wasting time uh, or water here in L.A. Um, then it's then it's time to, to be a dad, you know, uh, quickly Get the kids, give them your ear, be completely in tune with them, not just be like, yeah, yeah, you got to eat breakfast. Like, listen, be attentive, give enough time so your mornings aren't rushed. I mean, we want, we rush our whole life and we're going to rush our children to high school if we don't take a minute to slow down. You know, I'd rather take away 10 minutes of their sleep and have that 10 minutes to really have a more relaxed, enjoyable morning with them. And we can do that. Uh, or go to bed 10 minutes earlier the night before because it's just so important to be a dad and to be present, you know, because we do so much. You know, oftentimes, if I could just be a side note, we're on our phones, but we're not really on our phones. We're on our phone we're all, while we're texting or we're looking at a computer. We're texting while we're watching a TV show. We're not present. And as a dad, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be a part of raising my children while I'm not present. Uh, does it happen at times? Sure. But I don't really like to do that. I put the phone away. We're all together. We're talking. Uh, and that's how it goes even when we take them to school. My kids, we don't have iPads or phones or anything. And some mornings, we don't even listen to music. When we do listen to music, we have a party in the car. But when we don't listen to music, we talk. I say, what's your question for me today? What do you want to know? Mm-hmm. And my kids will come up with the most 
you know, in, incredible questions uh, for me. You know, something like it, it, today it was a big thing about it, it said it's going to be 10 percent chance of rain. What does that mean? Well, and I had to explain, well, if it's 50% or if it's 100%, so 10% is just so small. But making a four and six year old understand percentages, uh, a little ahead of the game, you know, we just, we just kind of broke it down. And being a part of it, being a teacher is, that's what's, what's really important. So doing that, and then once I, I, it might not be, it might be a little bit more than an hour because of course you travel and stuff like that, but then coming back, sitting in my office and really just figuring out I have a list. I always have a list with me. Uh, I add to it every single day and week and I cross things off this list. It's a post-it note because the next week I rip off this post-it note and anything that I didn't get completed is the first thing on the top left side of the post-it note going down the list of anything that didn't get crossed off goes on that list. And then that post-it note is my post-it note for the week. So anything of like, oh, make sure you pay 20 bucks for your daughter's graduation, uh, kindergarten graduation, put it on there. And when I do it, I cross up. It could be simple. Or make sure you call that client back and give them the proposal. So I sit down and I look, what do I have to do today? And what's the most important? What's either the most important for family or what's either the most important for finance? So if it means I need to take care of a client, or money, or something of that nature, then that's what I will work on first. And usually it's editing, or uh, sitting right down here looking at my notes, seeing what, that's kind of like what I have left to do until something else comes in, and start working immediately on editing, cutting, doing voice work, getting that done, moving it out, so that I could then end my workday early, not have to put eight or nine hours in Today, I might only have to put five hours in or six hours um, if I really hustle and buckle down. And that means some days I sit down and, and, and eat and work uh, through a meal. You know, I eat while I keep working and so that I could have the freedom later. So while that's a little bit more than an hour, it's just constantly staying focused and driven and doing what's really important and not try to be distracted by, you know, the cat video that everybody has to watch. Uh, I'd rather watch that later or watch it with my kids when I know that I have time that I don't have to feel guilty about because I didn't do what I needed to really get done. Very cool, man. A lot of, lot of really good stuff in there, and I, I really appreciate that. You mentioned presence, and I think presence is something that, as you said, is becoming more and more obsolete, and it's really too bad because – uh, I think I think it's causing it's causing a lot of anxiety and it's causing a lot of depression and just inner turmoil in people because uh, it's it's impossible to feel fulfilled if we're not present and engaged. I mean Eckhart Tolle with the power of now and all of his works, you know, and and Ralph Waldo Emerson before that and, and his kind of essays. Uh, I think you touched on some really good stuff there and the fact that you brought your kids into it, man, is is so powerful because. I constantly see those parents at, at the mall or walking down the street that are pushing the stroller on their cell phone, smoking a cigarette, and I'm like, what is your child learning right now? You know, those ages zero through six, they're so absorbent. They're like little sponges. And mm -hmm. what are they, they, they're learning that you are disengaged not only into pushing the stroller, not only are you disengaged from your phone, and not only are you disengaged in mindlessly smoking that smoke, but you're all you're disengaged in all three, which is which is crazy. So I, I appreciate that answer. That's really really cool. Um, do you with it's very wanna, frustrating. 
for me just to add to that. You know, as a parent, yeah, that's that is frustrating for me. Yeah. I even go to Costco, and it doesn't mean I'm a better parent than anybody. Um, but I just I'd like to be more aware. I go to Costco and I see parents of a three year old. They just give them the phone and they're pressing apps and they're not doing it. My kids have we don't do phones or iPads in everyday life. Now we do use them and I think they're a great tool and they can be a lot of fun and they're good for a couple of 15 minute mindless here and there. But on average, my kids don't come home and be like, where's my iPad? Where's my phone? They are like, what craft we want to do? Or I want to show you a new dance. And when we go to Costco, they want to know what is that? Because Costco sells the most craziest thing. Well, that's a light fixture. Where would you put that? Well, that would go outside of the house. You see, we're learning about things when your head is down in a phone and it's just like your kid is just an accessory. It's just something that comes along with you to the store. You don't have to pay attention to it. It's frustrating. And when you start teaching your kids, okay, we have to be aware of that. Or look at this person. They're kind of being a little rude right now because they're pushing or they're cutting in front of somebody. That's not good behavior. You're able to teach them just to watching people act like idiots, <laughs> saying that's behavior we don't want to replicate. Yeah. You know, or learning about different stuff or trying some of the different foods and samples that Costco is so known for and saying, we like that. We don't like that. What did you like about that? It's it's just human interaction at a level that we sometimes are starting to push away because it's better not to, you know, you're better to be uh, seen than heard on that, you know, of some, some parents mindset. Like, give them a phone. We don't need to hear from you. When you get in the car, have the phone again. And then, you know, when it's but then you come home and watch TV and we don't have to hear from you and then you go to bed and you better not make any noise until you wake up. Yeah. I'm glad you had kids. Yeah. Like I, what is the point? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, that's, it's so sad. You know, school, a place where we go to learn and communicate. And the number one thing you hear is sit down and shut up, you know, and, and I think it ties into exactly what you just said. And, and I don't, I don't want to rag on the education system or, or parenthood or whatever. And I think, you know, let's, let's tie this into the people that might be listening that don't necessarily have kids yet. This, this doesn't just apply to parents. This applies to you being a child of one of those parents, potentially. I don't think I was, I don't think you were Craig, because I think we were born in, in a time or a, or a, to a family that might not have had those, those easily accessible distractions that younger parents do nowadays. But let's, let's talk to those people. How does, so how does the, the young uh, generation of performers, entrepreneurs, artists. What do you want to see more of from them, and and how can they unbrainwash themselves from from how they might have been raised? Because I think I'm seeing it a lot in, in young people. So, what do you what do you think we can do, or how do you how can we resolve people that that were raised a little bit that way? There is a a great book, and I don't know the name of it. My friend was telling me about, and we talked in depth about it. He's 22 years old. He's one of these kids who plays video games. He's one of these guys who does on Facebook a lot. He does chatting. Uh, he's on dating apps. So he's uh, and he's got a, eight million things going. He edits and things of that nature, and he works um, for a a company that builds apps. So he's always looking at a screen, like that's his job. And he said his generation, based on this book he was telling me about, um, is losing the skills of communication because they don't have human interaction. Their interaction is all via a phone, all via texting. And what happens is they sort of kind of get desensitized to how to interact and connect with people at a human basic level. 
And that's what's really sad. And I, and I say to people, you know, you don't, nobody thinks they have an issue. Nobody thinks it's a problem until it's a real problem. And I'm not saying texting all the time or being on Facebook once in a while and that, but when you're doing something more than the average person is doing it, or when it's consuming you, or when you can't be at a movie without checking the text or checking the phone or replying, then there's an issue there. If you're at a movie theater and someone texts you, you could simply check it or someone calls you, check it. That doesn't mean you need to reply because unless it's your parent or somebody who you know is sick at the hospital and they need to get a hold of you because you know things might have turned to the worst, then there's no need to reply because what is happening is you're missing out moments. Before phones were big, I made that mistake. Um, and I still have to catch myself. I'm not perfect. I'm far, far from it. But I used to so focus on making money um, and being successful from my success, from owning a, a company and being on, on Fox television every day and people knowing me and being on radio. I had a lot of success very early on. And all I want to do is make more and more success. And I remember one time uh, being involved in it and and at, a, at an event and still getting, you know, phone calls and dealing with stuff and trying to, you know, work as much as I can as opposed to being present and enjoying the moment. Uh, one of the things, you know, working in, in, in live events and working um, in radio, I knew music. I knew how to entertain a crowd. And I was at a wedding one time where the DJ's job is to play great music and entertain the crowd. And he wasn't good. And it was bothering me. Um, so I would request a song that I knew the crowd would like and I would like. But instead of just enjoying the song that was on there, I was allowing his performance to ruin my evening. Because I'm like, he's not doing a good enough job. So what I'm doing is instead of enjoying the, the moment with my friend, and the person I was at the wedding with, uh, I was a guest, but instead of enjoying and being present, I'm my mind's somewhere else. Like this guy, why is he playing this song? And what I did is I missed that entire good time of that wedding. Now, I didn't miss the entire, of course I had a good time, but your mind is not truly tuned in to what's happening at that moment. And then the moment's gone or somebody's out doing something or all doing shots or whatever it is and you're missed it because you're not you're too thinking like oh yeah no I got I'll get over that and you miss these moments that only happen once because we're too worried about making money or getting back to a text or wondering what the next song the DJ is going to play it's not my problem and unless it's my problem or something's going to be detrimental that I need to reply or get back or worry about it and I've learned this late in life then I don't need to worry about it. It's not my problem. And that's what I would tell people, young people. Do activities. Interact with people. And when you get a text, sure, take a moment, text back, but it doesn't have to be every time it, it texts. Nobody, unless it's your boss and you're required to get back to them within 10 minutes, nobody has to reply back. There's no time limit yeah. on a text or an email or a Facebook message or liking an Instagram post or replying to a Snapchat and saying that you liked it. It doesn't matter when you see it. It doesn't matter. I haven't seen some posts on Facebook for a couple of weeks. I missed a lot. It's okay. The ones I do see are the ones I like. 
Yeah. And life goes on. Yeah. You know what, man? And yeah, and I would even add to that that if your boss does require you to text back within a certain amount of time, just just change bosses, change jobs, honestly. You know, and, and that's that's what I would say to people from just my personal experience and seeing friends that have been in that position where they're ad executives for companies or they're marketing specialists, and you know, it relies on people. It's a people business and it's a it's a product business, and you have to be up on on what's happening. But the stress that that creates. There's a guy named Charles Poliquin here in Canada who does uh, strength and conditioning. He's out of Quebec, and I mean now he I think he lives part-time in LA and, and part-time in Europe, but he has the most world records for uh, Olympic sports and not only the most world records in those various Olympic sports as a coach for wins, but the most, he has the world record for the, the most uh, varied wins uh, across sports in the Olympics. This guy's a, a genius in, in his realm and, and in many ways, and he says that there is uh, EEG work and MRI work being done with, with cell phones and subjects where checking your cell phone throughout the day and and you know we we are, we are aware that there's like a dopamine response and that that it does create an actual addiction but the actual stress that it induces is a study that only started to be looked at recently and he compares it uh, the levels for for us lay people that that might not be familiar with with specific hormonal levels in the human body he compares it to uh, the texts and, and notifications of the average subject's phone being equal in stress response to a soldier and uh, being like being in a, a, a field where where, there, where he's being attacked and you know hand grenade being thrown. He made he made the hand grenade comparison of like a soldier who's who's in battle and and is is experiencing a, a hand grenade going off. That stress is equal to the stress response from what you're explaining and what you're what you're describing. So yeah, man, I think I think it's it's so sad and and. Uh, you know the yes. wedding you, you you told me about. I I wanted to ask you because that's one of the questions I asked my guest is, do you have any regrets up until now? And that sounded like very much an answer. Like, what, if come regrets, what do you what do you regret most in life? Um, there's there's a lot of things that uh, that I can tell you I've regretted. Um, you know I I was early on. I mean. I, I try to be fairly open. Early on, when I was on Fox Television, I was I moved to uh, like an executive producer, director of the show, and I thought I was taking this sidekick of mine. We had we hired a designer, and I thought this the designer was very capable, and I thought it was going to be very good. And because I was young, and didn't have uh, the gumption, let's say, uh, to tell the designer, "Look, this is not looking good." Um, we ended up with uh, the show at the time was called Use Place. We ended up with this character you that w- looked really cool to looking like a refrigerator and not really what I wanted it to look like. And it went on air like that because that's where I spent all my budget because I was young and not. So I had a regret with that. Um, you know, I regret uh, in my business that at sometimes I played too safe. I played too safe. Um, and that's something that I, even now I struggle with and try to, to, to move forward. I think it's so easy to just do what you're supposed to follow the rules. And I, and I'm a rule follower and I like to do it. So, so supposed to, but then move into the role that you're supposed to do now, you know, and for me, that's been different, but for some people it's like, okay, I worked, I went to college. Now I'm going to go work in a cubicle and just do what I'm told and get paid a check every week 
and that's it. And you know what? That's safe because when you're sick, you get a check. When you don't go into work that day or they close, you still get a check. Uh, for most people, I'm saying someone who's salaried and goes into a, a traditional work environment, uh, they have holidays, you get a check. Um, and then you go in and you work nine to five and you go home, you get your check and you don't have to um, think about work anymore. Most people, not everybody, most people are done with work and they don't have to do anything. And then, you know, for me, I didn't go down that road. I went down the road of I'm going to work for myself always. Uh, on camera and behind the scenes and constantly be hustling and getting more work. Well, the minute I stop working, the minute I stop hustling, there's no more money. And when you have 15 employees, they're all counting on work. So you have to keep pushing for them. So instead of going after huge accounts uh, or trying go pushing for bigger things that we were completely capable of, but I didn't believe it, I just stayed with all the shows and and the stuff that I knew that I can do. And we grew our company at a good even clip. And had we been more aggressive and challenged and went out there, we might have maybe grown our company at an at a astronomical growth because we were very good at the time at what we did. And I started to break through some of that uh, playing it safe when I'm like, you know what? Safe is staying in Western New York in upstate New York, Buffalo. That's safe. I can stay here and be a huge fish. Everybody knows me. I'm successful on TV. I'm successful uh, on, on radio a bit, and I'm successful at my company. But if I move to LA, that's out of my comfort zone. I don't know what's going to happen. So I took that leap, and there's been days it's been the biggest payoff of my life. And then there's been other days that's like, uh, I don't know if this was the right thing to do. Um, but I'm not living on the street. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still in a home I, and I've got kids and we're doing okay. But it's just that like you play safe so much that you, again, might miss opportunities. And, you know, that's, that's probably the, the biggest Regret. I have still other little regrets that I can certainly share, but the biggest one I think is just still playing it safe, not going after what you think you're capable of because inside you're just like, uh, that's not, that's not really me. I don't know if I should do that. Maybe I should just, you know, do what my parents said and go work for, you know, Tommy's company down the street there and I know I'll get a good wage and I'll come home and I'll be able to get a house. And then if I find somebody, we'll get married, we'll get a dog, and we'll be okay. Yeah, that's good. But if you want more, that's where you got to kind of push, go, believe in yourself, and live. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for that because it, it opened up a lot in me. I think that uh, – yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm struggling for words here because it's, it's a great answer, man. I, I – I know that um, there was an article in a, in a magazine I picked up in a waiting room once that talked about this uh, a bunch of like geriatric uh, patients that uh, these psych students interviewed and they said, what do you regret, regret most about your life? And the number one answer that came back was not regrets that, not regrets of stuff that those old people had done, but regrets of what they hadn't done, what they hadn't tried to do, what they failed to, to attempt. 
and um, you know it's because it's it's cliche and it's cheesy. But, you know, uh, uh, someone said uh, fear, uh, fear, failure, uh, fear, fear not having, fear having failures over fear, uh, fearing regrets or something like that. You know, and and I don't like to use the fear mentality or the fear modality too much. But yeah, man, it's it's uh that's awesome. But I I I applaud you for doing what you did and making that leap because. Um, you know, you are in LA and you, you have a house and you have a beautiful family and, and as you said, you're doing okay. And that's, that's amazing. So I, uh, I, I think, I think I just, I want to, I want to continue following your story and, and seeing where this all goes, man, because that's part of this podcast too for me is, is always knowing that I'm not alone and, and that, yeah, I, I failed to make that leap at points, but I don't think it's healthy to, to beat ourselves up for it too much. So though we can talk about it as a regret, I think it's important to know that there's always there's always more. You know, there's always something more that we can do, and um, and just staying in that moment. It comes back to being present and being grateful, right? So, right. Um, but let me also tell you, yeah, my days suck. My days suck too, like everybody else. Yeah, I wake up and say, how does this day happen? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's part of the journey. Uh, and the, the, the part of the journey is the next day saying, okay, yesterday was a crappy day. I can't do every day a crappy day. I'm not going to get anywhere. So I have to make a choice because I have two choices every day. Um, I could wallow in that crappy day or I can make a difference and say, I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm going to make more phone calls. I'm going to meet with more people or I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to meet up with friends. I'm going to do something. We always have the choice. See, life sometimes does suck. That's part of life. But what we do with it and how we react to it, that's up to us. And I'm going to be the first to tell you there are things in my life that I didn't think would be happening to me at certain times in my life. And, you know, there's even days where I wake up and like, you know, I remember last week, I was just talking to a friend. Last week, I had a, a, a tough day. I was dealing with something, and I just didn't feel right. It just felt off. And I shared it with the friend. He's like, that's, that's that happens, right? I'm like, you're right. That's, that's, that's today. So that's today. But that's not my story anymore. Whereas before, I'd be like, yeah, well, that happened this uh, yesterday. And, well, and today, we're not good because, uh, you know, somebody, I waited too long at the red light, and I didn't make it in time, and I was late to get to the doctor's office. So yesterday was a bad day, and today I was late to the doctor's office. And we start putting all the negative things, and we roll it all up together, and then we start living that life, as opposed to just letting ourselves live that day or that moment. Okay, you had a bad couple hours. Okay, you had a bad day. That's it. It's okay to have a bad day. Allow it, feel it, cry, grieve, share with friends, experience it, and then realize that that's not what you want to have and happen tomorrow. So tomorrow you wake up and hopefully it's nothing serious or catastrophic or dealing with injuries or illnesses of family. But even so, we have to wake up and move forward or else we're going to wake up and you know be dead. I mean, what's, what's the option, right? So... There are always, and then that's where it comes with gratitude. And I'm going to go back to the point we started with. Go back to gratitude. The point we started with is that you're realizing that look at your day might suck, but you're not in a country where you have to worry about. Uh, I'm not talking about terrorism, but you have to worry about uh, you know airplanes dropping bombs on you right now, or wondering if you have clean water, or wondering if you have to go down and see if they'll give you food or rice to eat. 
because you don't know where your next meal is coming from. And while some people may be struggling with that here, most people in North America uh, or listening to this this podcast probably aren't. They know where their next meal is coming. They have a house to sleep in at night and they probably have clothes, which when you think about it is and, and if you have a friend or a family member, you know, you're rich. You're rich because money as much as I love it and I work hard to, 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 you know, be successful at it. And some days it's tough and some days I don't get the money I want to make. Um, it's, we still have to stop, put the phone down and enjoy what we do have. And just to add on your other note, because I'm a talker and you could tell, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Uh, Facebook and Snapchat and stuff like that is awesome. It's a great way to connect, but it's not a way to connect your life to somebody else's. And what I mean is, just like you said, uh, there's also been studies where people feel their life is inferior to other people because Facebook, you glamorize. I'm at the beach today. I'm at the spa. I'm at this bar. I'm at this celebrity. We show the best moments. And they're like, oh my gosh, this person's doing all that. They have the most amazing life. And then you're like, my life sucks. I didn't, I went to, you know, you dropped my kids off at school or I, I went to the, the grocery store and came home and worked or went to the, and it's like, that's not realistic because not everybody posts the crap in their life. They post the most exciting stuff. So don't try to live up, keep up with the Joneses before Facebook. Now, you know, live up to the standards of your friends in Facebook. You could, you know, enjoy and be excited for them, but don't feel like you are not enough because you're not doing what they're doing. And I think people also get caught up in that and it gets dangerous. My body doesn't look as good as that girl's body on Snapchat. And it's like, okay, well, you have an opportunity to maybe work harder to make your body better, but you also have the opportunity to enjoy the body you have because it's still more than the person who's sitting in the wheelchair. Yeah. It's still more than the person who's dying in a hospital. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's so true, man. I, I remember, you know, and, and these, these pictures go around, uh, you know, talking about Facebook. And that's one thing that I love Facebook for because you, you see some cool, really inspiring stuff Absolutely. aside from just the crap, right? But um, I remember this picture of, uh, you know, talking again about, about soldiers. I don't know why I went military. I think it's because I have an American guest on today. <laughs> but um, this guy lost his, uh, the, basically the entire right side of his body uh, in war. But it, like it was, it was like something out of a sci-fi movie, literally. But but he's a real dude, and you can look him up. I mean, I can I can try and find a link, and I'll put it in the description. But he had no left arm, no left leg. Uh, you know, he still had his torso, and he, and he had his head, and 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 um, just jacked, like just ripped. Really. But prosthetic leg, prosthetic left arm. And and it was really only the the right side of him that that he could work out, but that's what he did, and and he kept with his training, and he, kept, he there was no excuse, and and the the caption was just what's your excuse, and uh, 
and it was just so powerful of a moment, man, because you're, you're so right. You know, people glamorize their, their lives and they make it all look so pretty and manicured. And I and you are for sure guilty of this as well because we're in the entertainment business. Our of goal course. is to entertain people. I'm huh? not constantly going to post the negative, crappy, you know, <laughs> shitty side of my life for people because that's not my job. You know, that's CNN's job. That's Fox's job. Yeah, that's, right. not, that's not my job. So I, I totally agree. And I'm, and I'm guilty of it too, man. Um, I wanted to I wanted to kind of segue into do you ever start a project and then just not finish it? Mm. Because I think I think they can kind of relate and because uh, because that that paralysis by analysis where people have so much information bombarding them that it stops them from doing anything is something that kept me prisoner for a long time. Uh, and, you know, being my own self-critic, my own worst enemy, oh, that'll never work. I'm never going to do this. Yeah, the podcast. This podcast has been an idea for two years. It took me three close friends and going to a friggin' podcast seminar for me to actually get this thing off the ground. And now that I'm rolling, I'm rec- I've recorded about 26 episodes over two weeks. Good for you. You know, no, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 awesome. it's, um, but my question is, yeah, like, do you ever start anything now and, and not finish it? Uh, or maybe talk to the points in your life where that was more more frequent that that happened. Uh, it's funny you say that because um, there is a, a a pet project that I started, and it was um, I shot thirty different videos uh, on how to become uh, a dad and the stuff that you want to know about being a dad because I wanted to be the voice of dads for all the stuff that I had to learn that I wish somebody would have told me. And it's still something I want to do, but I just haven't put it out there. And I think one of the reasons is, um, you know, and, and it's for me, it's all this video. It's got to look right. And, that, and I'm shedding that now because I, it's, it's funny. We, we want everything before we let anybody see it to be right, to look. It's got to be just right instead of just good enough. And sometimes, excuse me. Things good enough are good enough. You see some people on YouTube killing it. Millions of views, millions of followers, and you see their early videos or you even see some of their current videos suck. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't matter because it's good enough. Because here's the thing. They're not waiting for it to be right. They're waiting for the to get for the moment to get it out to their friends, to get it out to their fans to get it out to people that want to know. So instead of waiting, waiting, waiting to get it out, um, they're they're waiting for it to be right. Like you, you're, you waited two years, and me, uh, to get this out, and now you're rolling, you've already talked to 26 people, and you're, it's, you're, the information's getting there, and you know who knows, it might take off, uh, you might have 100 listeners for a couple of weeks, you might have hundreds of thousands in a very short time. You don't know, but now you are got the information to put it together and do it, and that's the thing. We sometimes get caught up, and it's like, you know, we don't wanna do it because it, it's not right, or we're fearful of what other people will think. It's the whole Facebook mentality. Well, I don't know if I wanna post it out there because Somebody might criticize me. Who cares? Screw what other people think. Really, take their opinion, and if you could use their opinion to make the next one better, do it. But you can't change the one you put out there because it's already out there. That's it. I mean, look at all these celebrities and people who have done and said horrible things on the air, and they made a mistake. 
they're still on TV. They apologize, they move on, and they know that they will never make that mistake again. And it's the same thing. And, and just to add to it, I came up with another show. I wanted to do it a year ago with a friend of mine. And I said, we should do this show where we're, you know, we try different foods and eat and have a fun time about this big event we go to, this product expo. And we should do it. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. We should do it. We should do it. We should do it. We should do it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. All right, we should do it. And it never got done. <laughs> yeah. And then this year, we went to this huge expo again. And my friend Sydney went to the same expo. And I said, Sid, you know what? I want to do this show where we sit down and we talk about the different foods that we got. We got hundreds of dollars, hundreds and maybe even thousands of dollars of food and product. And it was amazing, all natural, organic. And so we should talk about it on air and put it out on YouTube. And she said, I'm game. I'm like, okay. And I immediately, instead of making the mistake I did with my dad videos, which I still have shot and have not released all of them, I have some out. I said, let's shoot this next week. I made a date because here's the thing. When you make a date, I'm sure you know this, it becomes real. So often we say we should, we should, we should, we should. And then Tony Robbins says we should all over ourselves and we get <laughs> nothing done, right? Um, That's a great line. Or we always say we should get together. Yeah. You know, we, we got we to connect. Let's, let's go out for beers. Okay, and then months go by and you see that friend again. Oh, dude, we never hooked up. Let's get it together. Let's make it happen this time for sure. And then months go by, it doesn't happen. But when you stop and say, hey, how about next Thursday? Oh, damn. <laughs> now it's real. Yeah. Now it's real. And then it happens. Yeah. You put stuff up. You put a date on it. And I told Sid, I said, yep, we're, how about shoot next Sunday? Shoot, I can't. How about the Sunday after that? I'm game. Perfect. Okay, we're doing it. Yeah. And then plan all day because we're going to edit right after we shoot so that when we leave that day, we will have a few videos shot. I didn't know how many. And we're going to have at least one or two edited ready to release. And we did it. We shot it. We shot five episodes. We have now five edited. We have two released that um, aren't live yet because we just want to tweak the music because I've gotten some feedback from people in the industry. I might tweak the music. And then they've all given me negative – some have given me a lot of negative feedback uh, and way more positive. But I, I shouldn't say a lot of negative, but about like the set and the lighting and the sound. And I'm like, that's awesome because when we shoot the next five, it will not look the same. Yeah. But I needed a launching place yeah. and a start. And I'm sure you, Alex, and, and please share it with me. Tell me how your first interview went, how the yeah. first show has <laughs> gone to compare to where we are now and how this show works now and how it's gone since 25 episodes in between. Yeah, I mean now it's yeah it's down to a formula to answer your question, and and I think I think Craig too, with you said that people gave you some negative feedback about the set or the lighting and, and these aesthetics, right? So you know part of me wants to go well that's subjective blah 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 because that's the artist in me, but the entrepreneur in me and something that that came out of hanging out with with Danny and, and hanging out with some some real business folk that that don't really get poisoned by the toxicity of of artists uh, sometimes minds they say something like the audience that you grow whether you're a service professional a product professional whatever you do they look forward to growing with you because if you think of this familial tie this 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 inbuilt value of family and protecting our nest as humans, right? Like I'm talking like homo sapiens sapiens, you know, like neo-paleolithic ancestors. If you look at 
our inbuilt desire to grow and to protect and to grow with others. It's a human thing. So if you were to tell me, you know, these expo videos or these dad videos, which I'm I'm getting excited about just hearing you talk about them, but if I went to see one and it was perfectly manicured, shot the perfect way with the perfect lighting with the perfect celebrity actors and guest actors and whatever, and, and the sound was spot on, the music was spot on from the very beginning, it's like landing on an Instagram page that just looks too goddamn color themed and oriented. It's like when you walk into someone's bedroom and the curtains match the bed sheets and the walls are in sync with the light shade and you're like, this is weird. I don't I don't want to be here because it just feels fake. There's nothing human left about it. So, you know, imagine if Van Gogh, the great painter Van Gogh, went and right. said, ah, this is crap, and just painted over all of his canvases with primer and started over, and they just painted over with primer, and then he wasn't fulfilled, ended up killing himself, but at least Van Gogh did did us the favor of leaving some canvases. Yeah, I'm sure he destroyed some in, in a fury and a rage that we'll never have the chance to see, but there are some of his paintings left. There are things that, that he just, he you know, he said, hashtag finish not perfect, and he just left it, you know? So uh, I, I totally agree, man. Uh, Craig, I want to I wanna jump into a 60-second lightning round. I can totally let you add on to anything if you want to add on to that. Um, but no, I, I, I appreciate it. I think that's, I think that's the, uh, the biggest thing. I mean, you know, look at, I'm, and, and I say, I mean, I didn't get a ton of negative feedback. I got way, way, way more positive feedback than I got negative just uh, on that show. And that's not just defending myself. I'm just saying, but I may have came off a little too strong, but here's the thing that the negative feedback I got, I wanted to do it. Like you said, people want to grow. I'm showing people in the entertainment profession. So I want their feedback. They want to grow with me because they know if this is successful that maybe there's a job for them. Maybe they can come on and be a guest. Maybe uh, maybe they'll just see their friend be successful at the very li- very little. Maybe there's nothing self self uh, list, uh, selfish about it. Maybe they just want to see people grow. And I think that's the bigger message too is that I went to a seminar – and the biggest thing is it's so important is just to give, mm. give without getting back Yeah. because we so often, and I'm going off on another tangent here, but we so often give and say, you know, well, I gave and I gave and I didn't get anything. And they didn't give me, you know what? Start giving knowing that you're not getting a damn thing back. Yeah. Like, and, and give because you just want to do good. You give because you you just want to help somebody and i think that's sometimes what people in our industry in our profession and what we're doing um we do it because we just want to we just want to help and we're not expecting anything back the whole reason dan's like you need to talk to alex and i'm like about what and he's like well i don't want to tell you too much because let him tell you but i think it's something you should do dan told me i said okay you asked me i said okay why? I just want to give. Now, granted, I'm in entertainment. I love talking and interacting with people. That's part of who I am. But I'm not looking for anything. I just want to give. And if it works for you, if it's enough for you, great. I think that's what happens. You know, even when someone's stuck on the side of the road, uh, yes, of course, there's horror stories uh, very rarely. But we pull over and say, hey, it's not because you're hoping that they're going to give you 20 bucks after or you find someone's dog because you're hoping you're going to get a huge reward. You're doing it because you it's just the right thing to do. And so when I ask my friends for feedback, positive or negative, I'm asking for both. They're doing it because they just want to give. And then they turn around and say, hey, shoot me the next one. And I know some of my friends 
are busy. They work on network TV shows that people watch every night on television. And I know they're real busy. And then when they say, send me the next episode, I'll be glad to give you any feedback if you want it. And I'm like, wow, you're busy schedule. You still want to see my next episode because they want to, they want to see me grow. They want to see it get better. And most people that understand it want better for everybody else. Those people that are in a bad place don't want you to get ahead. They want you to suck. They want you to be depressed and down and suck like them. But the people that are successful, they want to see you successful. They want to see you grow. They want to see competition because that's, that's giving. That's giving. So yeah, just to add on, on that, I mean, it's, it's, I can continue to talk, but I, you know, I, and, and I am enjoying this and I appreciate your time and, and even, giving a damn to want to listen to me. I mean, that alone, I, I, I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Um, but I am, I am ready and I will continue to answer any other more questions. I'm, I'm good on time, but uh, I'm ready for your, your lightning round because okay, I don't know what this, what this is. No, that's great, man. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind on, on something that I said, cause I, I failed to mention, uh, with, with something, with a point you made and I, I just don't want to come off as, as uh, opposite, but yeah, no, with, and, and with the podcast, man, I just wanted to tie that up because I, I said, well, it's down to a formula. It's down to a formula because I just wanted to add because of those 25 episodes. And the first one is very much. What what the hell was I thinking? It's nothing, but at least I got it out. At least there was some there was some start. So I just I wanted to to tie that off because I I felt like I wasn't quite clear enough. But right, so the first one might have sucked. Yeah, like, you're like ah, oh, and sorry for that first host, first guest. But you know what? It might have sucked compared to where you are now, and it might have sucked to um uh to you and what you wanted to do. But the reality is, it probably doesn't suck at all if you put yeah. show number one in between at show 15 for the listener it probably doesn't suck to them yeah. because it's just what they know yeah. and but it sucks to you because we we keep pushing ourselves to want to do better and better and better and strive for excellence um but the fact is you did it and it's out there and that's huge and that's what's so great that you did so kudos to you for taking that step and just doing it regardless of how it came out. And like I said, while it may not have been as where it is today, it was still probably, like you said, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, listen, Greg, yeah, I, I, I'm going to run through as many questions as I can in 60 seconds. Your goal is to answer as many of them as possible in 60 seconds using one to a few words. And uh, the time will start. Yeah. The timer will start after I've read the first question. Okay. Yes. Here we go, my friend. Who inspires you the most? Um, probably my kids. What do most people disagree with you on that you know to be true? That it, uh, watermelon, if you cut it up uh, after a long time and it stays in the refrigerator for a long time, it tastes bad. I don't know. Um, if you could try a different career for a day, what would you be? Um, uh, maybe uh, a construction guy. Uh, Alive or I dead? Want... Name three people you'd want to go to dinner with. Um, a Jesus, um, uh, Regis Philbin, and um, uh, Kate Upton. Favorite movie? Uh, probably one of the Back to the Futures. What do you do to relax? Uh, I like watching Impractical Jokers. Who's the and, coolest person you've had the chance to meet? Um, coolest, uh, gosh, uh, my grandpa. Amazing, man. 60 seconds. Well done, man. 
Well done. They're, uh, Damn, they're, I got screwed on that one question. Oh, they're, they're something I know is true because you see, I sometimes think I'm really right. Yeah. And I may not be. Um, and so it's just not enough time to think about that one. That slamming. I wasted a long time. I came up with watermelon. Okay. Uh, I, I don't even know where I was going. I just had to say something. I should have said that, uh, you know, olives are black. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's uh, yeah. No, they're they're tricky. They're they're crafted in a way to uh, to just kind of force you to get out of your head and just say whatever comes to mind and catch you off guard. So, so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Thank you, man. Uh, walk me through. Well, well, I just have a, a couple questions I want to wrap up here. But walk me sure. through your process to solving a problem. If you had to break it down, so let's say, let's say you couldn't leave any money to your kids, you couldn't leave them uh, any assets of any kind, you could only leave them uh, three to five steps to conquer any problem that life might throw at them. So be it a, a school issue, a, a personal or a relationship issue, uh, a professional, you know, a career related one. What what process would you leave to them? How, how What is your process to solving a problem if you had to if you had to chunk it down? And I know it's a it's a bit of an intimidating question because if, if someone asked me this, which they haven't, I don't know how I would answer. So if um, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to come up with questions I have no answers for. That, that's the you whole deal point. With it. Yeah. You take it. Yeah, you take it. You suck. Um, okay. <laughs> so the one thing that I, you know, I'm working on now is it's like, let's not overreact. Let's stop. My kids, even now, uh, my four-year-old sometimes still cries. That's what four-year-olds do. So I tell her, it's okay. Breathe, breathe, breathe. And that's the biggest thing. When there's a crisis, we overreact and we take in our air in our upper part of our lungs and we don't breathe through our diaphragm and then we're not getting enough oxygen to our brain and, 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 and our blood pressure starts to rise as opposed to just being like, okay, this is a horrible situation. Breathe and let's react properly. When you're on an airplane, they want you to put that mask on first before putting your kids on so you can just react, put it on and excuse me, breathe. So, I think that's it. It's breathe. And then it's understanding the situation, figure out what it is, and then break it down and figure out what are the options? What, how can this be solved? Whether it's with a person or situation, um, and then react and trust in what you are choosing to react is the right decision at that moment. Because it may not be later, but at that moment, if you have uh, breathe, take everything in before you react and then assess the situation and then figure out your options and then react and then commit to that. That's what you're going to do. And then from there, you know, sometimes there might be more. Maybe it's, it's it might involve communication. Maybe that's the reaction. It's communicating with somebody. Maybe it's physically having to do something. Um, but doing nothing usually helps nothing. And if I could just add to that, I, for the first time, and I'm talking about this publicly, uh, for the first time in, I, I can't even tell you, 20 years, we had a client, we just shot a video. I shoot a lot of videos for clients, uh, like the people like Tony Robbins, these are self-help people. And for whatever reason, the video footage looked stunning. 
uh, okay, maybe Stunning's being a little gracious. This video footage looked very, very nice. Um, but the client that I shot had some weird little shadow. For example, have you ever seen some of those, uh, you know, people, maybe they're gang members, maybe not, I don't know, but they have like a little teardrop underneath their uh, eye? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not calling anyone out. I don't know. I'm just saying. But it looked like that. But when she turned her head, it would go away and come back. Now, we had a makeup artist on set, so it wasn't makeup. She had a team of people there looking at her, so it wasn't something there. And it wasn't something on the camera or the lens. So what was it? It was a weird freak thing of light on her face. And it was on her cheek. And uh, right by her eyes. So every time she turned a certain way, it was there. And as a woman who's putting out this product that is going to hopefully grow her hundreds of thousands of dollars, it didn't look good enough. So I'm like, oh, damn. What do we do? I haven't encountered this. I haven't had to deal with this. So uh, and there's thousands of dollars on the line for me. Uh, if she says I'm going with somebody else, I just lost all my crew that I paid. I lost all that money. I, I have to pay them. I'm the director, so it's my name on it. So what do we do? We breathe, we react, we talk to the client, we figure it out, we look at options, all of our options. One option was going in and digitally fixing it. And because the video was so long, it wouldn't have looked natural enough because it was too close to her eye. And eyes, there's a lot of muscle and a lot of different emotions that come from our eyes. And it just wouldn't be natural enough. So I went, called her up on the phone and said, look, I, I think – for the amount of money that it can cost and not be a guarantee to fix, I hate to say, but I think we have to reshoot. And so now at my expense, I got to pay crew again to go out and reshoot. It's not what any of us want. She's got to bring in makeup and her team on her end yeah. and, and has to waste her day. And now I feel like it makes me look like I'm incapable of doing an excellent job, even though I do this all day long and I come with highly, highly referrals, uh, recommended. So, but it happens, and that's the takeaway. Yeah, Crap happens. Most people say shit happens, okay? It happens. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't expect it. We all watched the video playback. No one saw it, not until we're editing, and we blow it up and look at this prestigious HD video on a full screen. Did we, did we make that mistake? It happens. So we eat it. We all eat it. We say our apologies, and we hope to heck. It never happens again. And so that was my option of dealing with, which was a pretty stressful situation. Because I, let me tell you, she was not at all happy. <laughs> she was not happy about the light being there, the shadow. And she was not at all happy when it came down to we have to reshoot. But that's the only option. You know, I mean, you still need this video. And so making a, I mean, the horrible situation we got to make the best of it, and this is the only option. So we can cry over spilled milk, or we can show up tomorrow and shoot it, and that's what we're going to do. And I'll be for sure that I will have extra monitors there all to, to make sure that we can see exactly what it's looking at. I'm going to have extra lighting to make sure that that doesn't happen on that side of the face. Uh, and, and you just cover, and you learn, and you move on. I mean, that's what life is. It's a learning lesson. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great example of, of problem solving at play. Craig, thank you so much for your time, man. My uh, my wrap up question for you, and and you can make this as concise or long winded as you want. 
Uh, no, and I, 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 sorry, I really... if, is anybody still listening? I'm sorry, I talked too much. They've no. already bounced off the podcast. Sorry, no, Alex, no. this is going to be the lowest numbered this listen is... to podcast. I no, I highly doubt that, man. This has been great, and uh, no, I just, I just want to make sure you're okay for time. My, my, my final question to you is: How would you define success? You know, um, huh. I thought success was you know, being really good at your job and bringing home a lot of money. And I'm starting to realize that that's part of success, but that's not truly how success is measured. I, I, I'm starting to measure success by small accomplishments, um, by, you know, being a better person. Don't get me wrong. I want to be, I want to have lots of money and not so I can buy the most expensive car, um, and all that. I want to have lots of money so I can also help people. I mean, we say that, you know, but I, and I want to be able to travel more. I want to be able to give my kids experiences of travel, um, that they don't have to just look at an iPad or something. We can actually experience it because experiential learning to me is the greatest, even for me. I like to take culinary classes or learn how to play an instrument, and that all requires money, money that I won't spend right now because I don't have extra money to do those things But uh, at this point, but it's stuff that I want to. And I think that's what success is. Success for me is being able to have – being happy with with what you have, you know, knowing that what you have is enough. You know, I, I don't want to say that you ever want to stop striving, but don't be blinded to miss the opportunities in what you have because you're working so hard to move forward. So again, to, to reiterate, success I think is being able to have family, have friends, have health because without health, my dad always said you have nothing and that is so true. So family, friends, health, and make life exciting, whether it means going for a run with friends or playing hockey or finding an outlet to do productive, fun things. Maybe it's making videos. Maybe it's doing a podcast. Whatever makes you happy, do that. Give life your all. And and being able to, to provide for your family, I mean, is, is success. And I'm not saying every day is going to be easy, but, you know, it doesn't have to be riches for your family. Your kids don't know the difference. but as long as you're providing, able to provide food and clothes and experiences, for me, that's that's what success is. It's not uh, it's not what I thought it was uh, a long time ago, uh, which was I have to have all this, all this stuff and all this money, and I'm not successful until I'm until I make this certain amount because we put these limiting goals on us, these limiting beliefs. I'm not successful until I make a quarter of a million every single year. And you're like, well, you came short this year. So what? You're not successful. You might as well just quit then. Um, no, be successful with the stuff you do have. And it's been a hard lesson. And, you know, and again, I don't want that to get in the way of getting in between of your goals because Enjoying your success now that you have is just as exciting, you know, enjoying that, but also have goals to strive for. Um, I had uh, a side note and um, a friend of mine 
Oh, what was it? This is, you might have to cut this dead space out here, but I, I, this is really poignant to what we were talking about. Um, no problem. Uh, there was something, I forget what friend it was that I said. Um, oh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, okay. Well, I can't remember the story exactly, but one of my close friends called me up and said, Hey, just so you know, uh, you know, I got that promotion or I got something. It was, it was a small little bit of information that was exciting. And I said, that's awesome. Go celebrate. Why? It's not a big deal. I said, yeah, something good that happened. This is great news. This is not news you normally get every day. This is not something that happens normally every day. This is something that's people, you know, you got, you earned, took you to another level. I said, go celebrate that. Just even if you go get ice cream, you don't have to go to a 15 course meal, but go celebrate it because the little moments are stuff to be celebrated. You know, you, you get a little promotion at work or somebody recognized you for uh, doing something wonderful. Celebrate it. We're so fearful of not saying, you know, you have no problem telling everybody on Facebook that you did this or that. But what about really enjoying that moment and taking that success in? Those little pieces of success that come in little moments Enjoy it, celebrate it, and that's like that's the other part of success that I think is is so important. Enjoying the little tiny successes that come up along the way. Yeah, when I book a TV show or a commercial, um, that's great. I'm excited, and we celebrate that. But I, you know, also celebrate when I get a little job and say, hey, or I I, I met a new client or had a great meeting, you know, that something, and I. I'm not, you know, it's, and it doesn't have to be anything. Maybe it's just something we talk about at dinner. Um, I, I just, I'm rambling a little bit and there might be a lot of tough places to edit here and I apologize, but it's just along through life, we have big successes that we want to celebrate, but there's also little moments that help us to move forward. And those little moments we need to also enjoy and celebrate as well, because those little moments are the ones that bring us to the big moment. Craig, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Because you, uh, you, yeah, seriously, you, you opened up some some really vulnerable space in me that I, I didn't know I was still uh, suffering with a little bit. Um, I, Let's talk about it, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> you have a podcast I can come on to. Yes. Uh, uh, no, but you know, really quickly, I, I am. You know, you ask the, the closest people in my life. Um, and specifically, any any of the the romantic uh, interests or or past or present in my life, they will tell you. You know, people that that know you the most intimately will tell you that I am the worst for that, man. I I it's and it's so messed up because not only do I constantly strive to push more and, and do better. You know, I have I have Craig Schmay on the podcast today. I, I I have the the pleasure of of hanging out with Danny Z in his basement while his kids are upstairs playing with his wife. And, and I undercut my my small successes. And even right now I'm doing it because I call them small successes, you know, with these stupid like bunny ear quote unquote. Um, 
I, I need to stop doing that, man. And, and so thank you truly from the bottom of my heart because that is something that still causes me suffering on a day-to-day basis and I'm just tired of it because I didn't notice I was doing it. Uh, and, and people have pointed out to me and then something you just said just like clicked it, just unlocked it in my mind. And I need to I need to celebrate my successes no matter how small or large they might seem on the outside. I need to celebrate them because what you said, the, the moment where you said it's something that doesn't happen every day. So appreciate it, own it as a success. And, and it's part of that false humility bullcrap, you know, of, of something happens and you're, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not really a good pianist. I'm not, I'm not really a good magician. I, I, I'm not even that good of a host on, a, on my pot. You know, it's just like false humility crap. No, just, just own it. And I think that part of, part of my inability to, to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm a magician and, and I, I host a podcast and I'm, I'm a great guy that, that insecurity that comes with not being able to say those things a hundred percent all the time and believe them is the same thing that doesn't allow me to celebrate my successes. So anyways, man, now I'm rambling, but, but thank you. Cause you, you opened up uh, a deep little wormhole there. Look at, there is successful people. People think Chris Angel is successful, but yet there's a gazillion magicians who think he's awful. So what's the difference between an awful magician and Chris Angel? The fact is he busted his tail to do whatever he needed to do to get where he is as an awful magician. And I'm not just saying he's an awful magician um, because you know I think he's, he's very talented in what he does. But m- other magicians have told me this. And whether you agree or not, I'm not asking. Uh, you're welcome to tell, but I, I don't want to put you on the line. But a lot of people have said that Chris Angel is not that great of a magician. And you could look at some of the actors on television. A lot of people say some of these actors are horrible actors, but they're working because they either believed in themselves when nobody else did. They celebrated successes when they maybe other people wouldn't have. They uh, kept pushing forward. And when somebody told them no, they answered a call or, uh, you know, they, they kept doing whatever it took or found their way in. And then of course there's the option. They got lucky. And you know what? That's also part of it because, uh, you know, you don't know when your moment might come, when that when that moment, when uh, what's that phrase where when luck and, and, and coincidence meet, it's, it's your chance. You don't know when that happens. So if you just keep going and believing that, hey, you know what? I don't just have a podcast. No, I'm a magician and I've got a really great podcast. We've interviewed over, you know, uh, almost 30 people already. It's believing, believing our own story. And that's the thing that we sometimes get caught up in. And me too. I sometimes don't feel, especially in Hollywood, where I'm, I'm around producers that are shooting TV shows and actors who are booking nonstop. And then I tell them what I do uh, on a regular basis. Now, I still do some network and, and, and national stuff, but most of the time my, I produce uh, content for life coaches. And I, and I weigh myself like, uh, I'm not producing a TV show like you are. Um, no, that, that's who I am. And... I'm working on this show where I'm, I'm eating uh, food and telling you what I think and believing that it's good because you're the only person that has to believe it is you. You know, we are the only people that have to believe it's good. And if we don't believe it, nobody else is going to buy it. So, you know, and, and Dan always says, fake it till you make it. Dan always says that. He says, don't play fair and fake it till you make it. And I've taken that, you know, to – uh, to learn over the many, many years he told me that, to just grow and just then start believing in yourself. And, and, it, and it applies for everything, from going on auditions to 
you know, being a, a good parent, being a, uh, in a good relationship, some things aren't always going to go the way we want it to. So if they don't, you, you fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Like, or you just fake it. You know, you got to deal with the parent you don't like. You just fake it. You put on the smile and you deal with it. And I think that's just how life is. You know, we can make life as difficult as we want. And sometimes life is difficult. Or we can make the choice to say, you know what? I'm going to make it, uh, I'm going to make it what it is. I'm going to make it great. I'm going to be successful. Uh, or believe that I'm successful or good. And you may not believe, you know, it may not be that right now. You may not even believe it. But we we, we just push and, and do it. And, and that's why I just applaud you, man. I, I really do. You know, I, I've got to, to know you just by talking through on this podcast. And you are successful. I, I don't know anything about your, your podcast. And to me, I feel it's very it's 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 hugely successful, um, and the fact that you're doing it and learning about how you just over the past couple of weeks have just exploded, I mean that's huge. That's something to celebrate. That's something to enjoy. And regardless, I mean yeah, you might hit uh, uh, a level celebrity, uh, or you might get me. But either way, uh, you know it's just the fact that you're doing it and you're getting it out there. So yeah, whenever it, the and that's it. Uh, just so kudos to you. So c- celebrate these little things. Celebrate when you hit a uh, uh, hundred subscribers or ten subscribers and thousand subscribers because all those are monuments that that deserve to be recognized. Awesome, man. Craig, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, man. And because uh, you 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 have a day to get on with, and I'm I'm three hours ahead, so you're you're like younger than me in some ways, you know, with with time travel and whatnot. So this is true. <laughs> it, I've got uh, three hours now, and I've lost an hour and a half of it, uh, uh, expelling so much air, hot air, and <laughs> and, and and voice. So I. I apologize for taking so much time, but I really no. do appreciate you letting me ramble on. And anything that you have to cut or edit, it's it's okay by me. And I, no worries, man. I, I'm getting into the habit of uh, again, finished, not perfect, and uh, no no apology necessary, man. I I, I had a, I had a blast. So thanks again, man. And uh, folks, thanks so much for listening. This has been Craig. I'll post all the links to any of the stuff we talked about. Just, just uh, I'll ask you to send me anything that is public, anything that you have released that people can check out. I, uh, I have a couple um, young dad friends in my life that would probably get a huge kick out of those videos. So when those go live, um, I, I'd love to to see them and share them. And um, and yeah, man. So so thank you. I will I will definitely make sure that that you folks get a chance to see Craig in all his glory through the various mediums that are so available to us. Thank you. Cheers, man. That wraps up another episode. Thanks for listening. Please go over and check out my newly redesigned website, www.thealexkazam.com. As for the podcast, new episodes launch here every Monday. So please subscribe, rate the show, and we'll see you next time. I'm Alex Kazam, making the ordinary extraordinary. Or at least trying to. Thanks for your time. Seriously.